Welcome to this episode of the podcast, Guess What You're Gonna Hate. I'm Kate. And I'm Janine. And this is a podcast about exposing someone to the very worst, and sometimes best, but mostly the worst pop culture of the 2000s. Let's take a moment and celebrate reaching 200 downloads. Yay! Yay! 200 downloads! That's 200 suckers right there. You know, it's probably actually closer to like 90 suckers, I guess. Yeah, probably. But still, suckers. Yeah, the whole lot of you. Trash content. Trash content always. 2018. Yeah, trash content 2018. It's actually 2017 when we're recording this, but it'll be next year when we release this. I wanted to let you guys know about a campaign I'm taking part in called Two Pods a Day. It aims to introduce podcast listeners to two independent podcasts every day for the months of January and February. We hope to give visibility to some of the great indie podcasts that you probably haven't heard of. Hashtag two pods a day encourages you to listen more, listen indie. Find more shows like ours by following hashtag two pods a day on Twitter and Facebook. We have some exciting new changes coming to the podcast this year. We're going to start doing weekly episodes instead of every two weeks because we think it might be interesting to focus on some of the non-movie parts of 2000s pop culture, including music, because uh, <laughs> I was a... I listened to a lot of bad music yeah, in Yeah, and I was too busy listening to the Inuyasha soundtrack, so... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I didn't know that about you. Oh my god! Yeah. Okay. So for like the first—that's horrible. The first half of the 2000s, I was listening to anime bullshit, and then the rest of it, I listened to uh, indie music. More <laughs> no, anime bullshit. No, I moved away from the anime bullshit and went to indie bullshit. So I only listened to like you know the Shins. Um, Death Cab for Cutie. Anyway, so we're going to start doing weekly episodes with some of the weeks being on movies, as we've done so far, and the others being on celebrity history and music. And, you know, maybe anything else we come across, like, hey, remember this thing from the 2000s? Maybe video games, because I did play some video games that are always fun to talk about. Okay, so what have you got for us for our very first episode of 2018? Well... I was thinking a lot about, like, Malia and Sasha Obama lately. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was just thinking, wow, can you imagine being more respected as first children than, like, a bunch of, like, actual adults? <laughs> and you're, like, 12 when you enter the, the White House? Well, I was, like, looking at, like, family pictures of the Obamas and just feeling, like, nostalgic about the past. <laughs> yeah, we we all have to do that from time to time. And, like, um, potentially hopeful for the future, but not really. And then I remembered this really awful movie that came out in 2004 called Chasing Liberty. It's about um, Mandy Moore as the first daughter of the United States. And then I remembered there's another terrible movie from 2004 called First Daughter starring Katie Holmes in basically the exact same movie. (laughs) So these are two identical movies that came out about nine months apart from each other. And um, yeah, one is about Mandy Moore being the first daughter of the United States. And I'm pretty sure Matthew Good is in it, I think. And he plays like her bodyguard. And then First Daughter, I know a little less about because I can't remember it as well because I didn't see it more than once, I don't think. But I think it's the exact same movie. I think there's like a Secret Service like love interest plot in that one, too. So I guess it's like, who do you prefer, Mandy Moore or Katie Holmes? <laughs> what I have to wonder, okay, what was the Mandy Moore one called again? Chasing Liberty. Did it come out on like, was there another president daughter 
thing that came out on Disney Channel? Because I remember there that's was... my date with the president's daughter, and oh, it's okay. got the guy from um, Boy Meets World in it. Okay, uh, Will Friedel, the older brother. It's got him. He pl- he's dating the president's daughter. Okay, yeah. So that's the one that I've seen. That's a great movie. Like that's that's like legitimately a good movie because it's about like Will Friedel. He like meets a girl at the mall and like needs a date for the for his prom or something. And he just, like, meets this hot girl at the mall, and she's like, he's like, do you want to go out? And she's like, sure, just come pick me up, and gives him, like, the, like, the 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue address or something like that. (laughs) That's a power move. It really is. And then I don't think they even make it to prom. Anyway, that's a good movie. It came out in, like, 97. So it's, like, out of our purview. Okay, good, because I've seen, I know I've seen that one, because I remember watching on the Disney Channel, but I have not seen either of these. In fact, I kind of, you know, forgive me in my, I guess celebrity face blindness i couldn't differentiate katie holmes and mandy moore in my mind so okay um katie holmes was married to tom cruise for a long time mandy moore is in that new show this is us and she voices rapunzel in tangled i looked mandy moore up and because i was like oh she's the one with the cute chubby cheeks right like no not really kind of i mean she was like in the 90s i don't know she's cute yeah they're they're both very very beautiful actresses i just um kind of kind of blend together when you don't know them did you ever see the movie princess diaries i did i was about to mention meg cabot the person who wrote the princess diaries because she had a book series called all american girl did you ever read those mm-hmm. yeah i think i read the first one and that's about a president's daughter isn't it no it's not about a president's daughter per se well i think maybe he has a daughter but essentially it's about a girl who jumps in front of a bullet that was headed straight for the president oh and yeah, I think she actually, I think the, it's kind of like a gender switch thing because uh, according to Wikipedia, when she meets the president, she also meets his son who turns out to be David from her art class. Oh, and he's a dick. I remember that. He's a dick. Yeah, he's kind of like one of those pretentious art like kids. He's like, blah, blah, blah. I know all about art. And she's like, Psh, no, you don't. And then he gets all mad. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, two movies, the exact same plot. It just kind of depends. Um, I'm going to see who plays the president in each one, and maybe that'll sway you. So let me look that up real quick. First daughter, <laughs> 2004. Google's like, are you sure you want to Google this? Are you sure this wasn't an accident? The president in First Daughter, which is the Katie Holmes vehicle, is Michael Keaton. Oh. And then the president in Chasing Liberty Ooh, I like this one more because it's stupider. The president in Chasing Liberty is Mark Harmon from NCIS. Oh, oh, I like Mark Harmon. I had to Google him first to remember who he is. Uh, I want you to know something about my continued celebrity face blindness. When you said Michael Keaton, I thought Michael Caine. And I was like, Michael Caine, what is he doing as the president of the United States? <laughs> Listen, you need to do better, Janine. <laughs> <laughs> you need to do better, Janine. I can't. I just can't. I feel like okay. you can, and I feel like you just willfully are obtuse <laughs> to these things. You're right. I I have a lot of useless um, Meg Cabot trivia in my brain that I can't give up for celebrity names. So Here's the thing, though. You just got to give up something that you don't need. Like, I know a lot about celebrities because I can't do math. I'm going to have to go with Chasing Liberty because of... Like you said, I like the president actor better. He just looks more believable, too, as a president. And if it's the exact same movie, you might as well just pick, like, who you like more. And, like, honestly, I like Mandy Moore more than I like Katie Holmes, and I like Mark Harmon more than I like Michael Keaton. 
I actually did watch a little bit of The West Wing, but now, not back then. Um, and apparently he made an appearance on The West Wing, too. So he already had that good White House... Presidential juju. Yeah, he had that good White House acting experience. So maybe he transforms the role. I want to say there's a 100% chance that he does not transform the role. <laughs> I did have this question, though, Kate. If these two movies are so similar, is there a chance we could possibly just play them both at the same time? Like Dark Side of the Moon and, and Wizard of Oz. Yeah, and maybe they'll they'll sync up eventually. <laughs> we just layer them over each other. I want to say that's probably a really bad idea, but I'm also very intrigued. This sounds like a dark ritual. Like at the stroke of midnight, play Chasing Liberty and... <laughs> First, first daughter, daughter at the, the same, same time. time and you just summon Ivanka Trump <laughs> and my date with the president's daughter it's on there too if you do all three you get Tiffany and honestly I'd rather hang out with Tiffany Trump but she'd probably be pissed because she's trying to study for like Georgetown law classes oh but you know the uh, only way to really make it uh, solidify as the ritual spell is to read aloud from All American Girl by Meg Cabot I don't think that works because that book is not about a first daughter so these all came out around each other right first daughter and Chasing Liberty start came out in 2004 like one came out and then like eight months later the other one came out and I think First Daughter came out second because I remember I saw on the Wikipedia page that it got like poorly received because it was so similar to that other movie that came out that year. Which must suck because I mean like they must have been filmed at different times. I mean, probably. All American Girl came out two years before those movies. So I just went down to production on First Daughter and the development went as far back as March 1999. They probably started it first, but it did not beat the other one to the theaters. First Daughter was directed by Forrest Whitaker. Okay, so we're going to go with Chasing Liberty, which I think is the fastest decision we've ever made as to which movie to watch. We're going to watch Chasing Liberty and then get back to you with our no doubt uh, in-depth, extensive... Succinct? Yeah. We're going to really get to the point of the movie. From now on, I'm going to put Kate in charge of plot summaries because... As you guys can tell, I have literally no direction in life, and I will probably talk about anything if I get onto a tangent. Case in point, talking about Meg Cabot's All-American Girl for 15 minutes when we were supposed to be talking about a movie. So Kate's going to do that. We did talk about that for a little bit yeah, too long. Just a little bit. When we get back, Kate will give us the rundown of the movie. I will give you my so wonderful, colorful, patented commentary on this movie, and uh, we'll go from there. Good luck, everybody. Yeah, Godspeed. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be back. Thanks. And we are back. Uh, We just finished watching the movie Chasing Liberty, and it was just as bad as I remembered, and also a lot longer than I remembered, so I'm going to do a quick plot rundown, and um, Janine, if you remember anything, feel free to jump in. Oh, I will. I think I've got it. So, Mandy Moore plays a girl named Anna, and she is the daughter of the President of the United States, um, who is played by Mark Harmon from NCIS, who I adore because I guess I'm like 90 years old in my brain. And also he's hot. It's weird. It's weird how hot Mark Harmon is. Like, because he's not. It's like he shouldn't be hot. He's not. Like, he's in Freaky Friday. He plays a stepdad. Yeah, Mark Harmon is just in that very suave way. He kind of looks like he'd listen to you. He kind of looks like your friend's hot dad. Yeah, hot dad. But like, Mr. Harmon. Yeah. You don't Don't call him Mark. It's Mr. Harmon. No, that's inappropriate. That's your friend's dad. Anyway, so um, she goes on a date with this guy, and he knows that she's the daughter of the president of the United States, and still acts, like, very surprised that he has to go through, like, Secret Service security or whatever. And then they go to a restaurant, and, like, a bunch of Secret Service members follow them, 
and the date's really awkward. And then one of their friends show up and like starts to pull a camera out of his jacket, but like very much pulls it out of his jacket like he's about to pull out a gun. So that kid gets arrested and then that date gets ruined. And that kid who took her out on the date was like, oh, I just don't know if I can take it. And I'm just like, you should have known what this was going to be like, stupid. Yeah, he was like, you're great, but this is too much for me. It's like, what? Literally what? It's like, well, no fucking didoy, you stupid moron. (laughs) Dumbass. Weirdo. Right after that, the president is taking his daughter and his wife to Prague for some, like, diplomatic thing. They don't really get into the actual, like, president stuff in this movie. Besides the fact that, like, he has access to a bunch of, like, dudes in suits. It's supposed to be, like, general smile and waving. Like, go to the opera, shake some hands, take some photos, things like that. But yeah, so, um, they go to this, like, uh, gala thing where Manny Moore looks, like, really thick. She looks great. She, like, meets up with, like, Diplomat's daughter, who she's friends with. Her name's Gabrielle, and she's a skank, and it's great. And she, um, and the president's like, ooh, who's this skank? He goes, oh, Gabrielle, uh, you're all grown up. It's like, that's a really, really nice way of saying you look like a total skank. Skank. It's 2004. They said it was skank. But anyway, so she's got a tongue ring. It's incredible. She straight up tells the president of the United States that her tongue ring is specifically for oral sex. That's what I would do if I met the president. Anyway, and then um, they go to the bathroom for like four seconds and they come out and they've like cut and dyed Mandy Moore's hair and like put on like trashy outfits to go to a concert. She goes to this concert with Gabrielle and then she notices that there's like a shit ton of like Secret Service members in the audience. And she's like, oh, no, no way. This is stupid. And she like literally runs outside, gets on like a random stranger's moped with him and they like ride off and like lose Secret Service. And it's like great way to get murdered. Yeah. Or like just sex trafficked or something. Turns out this guy who has the moped outside of the concert hall is also Secret Service, but he just looks young because apparently he's like 23 because you can be 23 and work for the president, I guess. They decide to give her like freedom that she doesn't know isn't actually freedom because she's with a Secret Service member. So he's like, we lost him. And she's like, awesome. And then she like immediately strips and goes into a river. And it's like, what the fuck is wrong with Mandy Moore? They meet this guy on a train because they're trying to go to Berlin for the the love parade in Berlin with her friend Gabrielle. But of course, they get on a train going the exact wrong way. So they end up in like Venice and they meet this like tweaker dude who has a bunch of six million dollar man stickers. And of course, he pickpockets them and they have to like run away from the cops because they dine and dash because they don't realize they don't have any money. And then they like trick a gondolier into like putting them on the gondola for free and then they like stay in his house because he they lie and say that they're newlyweds with no money but like there's no rings and she's clearly an 18 year old yeah that poor guy by the way like he just it's like his first day on the job he's super excited about it no it's not his first day on the job it's like they the other gondoliers told him to go to like this really shitty spot He was an accountant. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And like, he's like, oh, you guys are my first customers. Uh, I'm so excited. And she's like, we're broke, bitch. But he, you know, he's a ride or die gondolier because he does put them into his house. Yeah. Real good Eugenio. And his mom is like, what the fuck are you doing? And then he's like, but they're newlyweds. And she freaks the fuck out. It's great. Yeah, it's beautiful. And then in the morning, she's like, I didn't hear any fucking last night. And they're all like, what? That's, oh. And they're all pissed at each other. Oh, because the night before... When they're running away from the cops in the gondola, the guy, the Secret Service guy, his name is Ben, kisses Mandy Moore. She's like, this is real love. And he's just like, no, it was because the cops were looking at us and I needed to hide your face. That's a very classic move. 
for people trying to hide. And I don't really think I would think that kind of gives more attention to you. But no, everyone on a gondola was making out around them. That's why. Oh, it like showed him looking at all the other people on the gondolas and everyone was making out. At least that makes more sense than the one in Inception. Remember that one? Yeah. That's a good movie, though. It is. Unlike this one. Yeah, unlike this one. So uh, that night, she, like, comes out of the bathroom, like, with only a towel on and, like, tries to seduce him. And he's, like, on the job and also not, like, a creep. So he's like, please stop. And she's like, "Mm, no. And he's like, you really need to stop. And then she gets all pissed because, you know, sexual harassment can only be from a man to a woman in in this movie. She won't stop. She just won't stop. She will not take no for an answer. He is like, oh, you take the bed. And he lays on the ground and then she gets on the ground next to him and starts like cuddling with him. And you're just like, ugh. And he gets up and he's like, please stop. And she's like, "Mm, no. And then she like gets naked and he's like, really stop. And she's just like, let's go to bed. A naked virgin alone. And it's like, okay, cool. Good for you, Mandy Moore. Calm down. Anna the incel. (laughs) Anna the incel. Yeah, (laughs) it's good. So the next day they have no money and the gondolier drives them to the Austrian border or something like that. They drive them some, he he drives them pretty far and it's like, Eugenio, you don't have to do this. Like you don't have to be this nice, but he drives them in his tiny Italian car. Oh, and I've totally like ignored the fact that there's two secret service agents like two other ones who have been like following them this whole time but of course when they hear that they're going to berlin and they end up in venice well the secret service agents aren't fucking stupid so they actually went to berlin (laughs) but and they're played by like this like very cute woman and fucking jeremy piven (laughs) and he's so gross he's such a he's such an asshole and like this whole time he's just like hitting on her in like a really gross way and eventually she's just like does that like construction worker thing ever work for you you know balding in an asshole and he like cuts his hair for her and of course that's like a grand gesture and they end up having like a fucking moment and they end up getting together and it's like come on calm down the bar is too low the bar is very low and, like, it sucks because, like, for the first, like, four minutes of them in the movie, they're very cute. And then it's just downhill from there. Yeah. Can you say hostile work environment? <laughs> for real. It's not good. But apparently she's into that. She thinks that's real sexy as a dude who will, like, berate her and then, like, cut his hair for her. Yeah. When they leave that border, like, Anna is really angry at Ben. Specifically because Ben would not be an asshole and sleep with her. And, like... She hops on the back of a truck to basically just say, see ya. Fuck you. And the truck just drives off and he just starts running. Yeah, very sweet. He's not a $6 million man, so he can't, like, reach this truck. And keep in mind, the people on the back of this truck with her are the creepiest looking dudes in the world. (laughs) He catches up to her at, like, um, there's, like, a bungee jumping camp. And, of course, they run into the guy who stole all their money. And they get, like, most of their money back because he hadn't spent all of it yet, which is, like, not, like, how that works. Like, he would have definitely spent all that money. And he's like, I had to steal it for love because he, like, made eye contact with a woman once and was, like, trying to find her in all of Europe. (laughs) (laughs) There's not a lot of healthy relationships in this movie. Keep in mind, when you first meet this man, he's, like, snuck into their train car, like, compartment and, like, offers Mandy Moore a Toblerone. And then when he finds out that they're not, like, together together, he's like, you ever made slow love on a fast train? And it's like, she laughs and giggles (laughs) like it's, like, an interesting thing that someone has said to her. And Ben, like... And Ben's like, what the fuck? No. Ben, like, switches from one side to sit next to her protectively. And you're just like, this is not a good time. But they end up having, like, a fun little moment together. They do go through Venice and, like, go to, like, a lot of tourist traps, which I think seems fun. The thing that really, you know, like, I feel like is the really 
shitty thing is that he steals both their wallets. Like, you only have to steal one. Oh, and he replaces it with $6 million man stickers. They have them everywhere. It's great. But anyway, so anyway, back to the plot, you know, sequentially. They bungee jump and they have a little moment. And then the guy who's like running the bungee jump camp, his name is Gus Gus. He owns a a website called jumpinggermans.com. And do not look that up because it does not exist. We checked. It was the biggest disappointment in this movie. And that's saying a lot. He like, he's like, you want to fuck? And Mandy Moore's like, no. And then. No, that's the thing is he's, she's not like, no, she's like, I'll think about it. And Ben is like, are you kidding me? <laughs> like, <laughs> and he's, She's like, why wouldn't I want to? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, one, that dude's going to break you in half. And then two, Ben's like, because I am jealous, blah, blah, blah. And they end up like staying together. I think they, they actually do it. Oh, they do. Because you see her like wrapped in a sheet later, even though they're in a tent. <laughs> I'm like, do you really have a sheet? <laughs> they end up at this parade that Anna wanted to go to so bad. Like, she kept asking her dad if she could go, and he kept going, no, no, nah, mm-mm, not happening. She ends up at this parade, and she finds her friend immediately, even though there's, like, a billion people there. In the middle of the parade, Ben finds a goddamn payphone in a sea of people and calls the president. And, of course, Anna comes up right behind him as she's as he's talking. And even though, they're like, Benny Benazi is blasting, she can somehow overhear his conversation and get pissed. I don't think he would be able to hear his own conversation, but movie magic. So she runs off. And like, of course, someone recognizes her and is like, look, it's Anna Foster. And they start like harassing her. And then like these two Germans who were at the bungee jumping camp come up and like save her. But then they immediately start harassing her afterwards. And then Ben has to come save her. And it's like, dude, how many times can you be in distress in two minutes? It was very Mary Sue. Like this felt like something that would happen in a fan fiction to prove how desirable and innocent your character is. It's like first she gets harassed by these dudes and then she gets harassed by these dudes. And then our magical 23 year old Secret Service agent is going to come and save her and they put her on a fucking helicopter and of course there's like enough room to land a helicopter even though we're at like the busiest parade i've ever seen in my life and you know going back to how hot and attractive and sensitive and beautiful mark Harmon is he isn't even mad at his daughter he's just disappointed yeah he's just like he's just happy she's safe and he's got that little disappointed dad look going on so in this scene like when they're going off in the helicopter of course She's having flashbacks uh, as to all of their beautiful memories together with, you know, her and Ben. And it's like, we just watched this fucking movie. Like, I just spent the last hour and 40 minutes experiencing this. I don't need, like, a quick recap. She goes back home and she doesn't see Ben ever again because he betrayed her. And, you know, it's not like her dad betrayed her or anything like that. So she's back home for, like, winter break from college. And she's like, I love this house during the winter at Christmas time when it's all decorated. And I'm like, this house? You mean the White House? <laughs> and um, her dad's like, you should go take, like, a semester abroad at Oxford in London. Because, of course, the Secret Service agent that she's in love with is fucking British. I'm like, can you be a Secret Service agent if you're British? This movie wasn't super clear on characterization for pretty much anyone. But... This guy's British and he's hot and that's important. Ben's resigned from the Secret Service and he's working as like a photographer or like a videographer or something in London because when they were in Prague, they went and watched like a opera on the roof of a building. He's like working as a videographer for like an opera. And it's kind of cute. It's a cute gesture. It's very cute because like they watched like a filmed opera together and now he's doing that and it's like, that's great. But then, like, she shows up in the middle of an opera that he's filming, and then, like, the opera keeps going, but they just keep talking, and I'm like, one, you can definitely hear that conversation on that tape. Two, he is no longer focusing on the performer, so you know the camera's just, like, focused on a spot where that guy isn't even there anymore. Three, then, like, when they, like, 
make up and kiss, they just leave. And I'm like, no, he's at work right now. And then the movie ends. The worst thing about that little scene, too, is like, so she's got her secret agents with her, obviously, because, you know, they got to keep an eye on her. Yeah, because she's obviously a fucking mess. (laughs) And he spots them and he goes, if I kiss you, will they shoot me? And she goes, no, but I will if you don't. Anna, what are you doing? Violence is okay if it's female on male. It's 2004. You can tell it's supposed to be cute, but it's not. It's very not cute. But that's basically the movie. And overall, like, I actually kind of enjoy this movie. It's very much like a junk movie, like something you can kind of... You kind of enjoy every movie we watch, and it's, like, disgusting. Yeah, I know. But this one, I think, was, like, legitimately cute. So... Yeah, this one was, like, out of all the movies we've watched together, this is probably the best or second best. It kind of reminds me, in a lot of the little moments, it... It kind of reminds me of all the reasons I enjoy Jupiter Ascending, which is like it feels very like trashy middle school self-insert fan fiction-y, but um, it doesn't hit all the same notes because there's not really enough action in it. You know, it's basically just like romance with a little bit of plot in it. Overall, I felt like there were some really cute moments. The movie could have been vastly improved if about like 30% of it was cut out. Probably more, to be honest. If the entire like Secret Service agent like subplot romance was cut out i'd be fine yeah that movie did not need jeremy piven that movie did not need a happy ending for jeremy piven and honestly i feel like i would have preferred the two agents that she like totally burns at one point yeah and they were cool like they were kind of like your typical like don't really talk a lot uh, secret service agents that you'd see in movies you know um but the, the two Secret Service agents, like, the first time you see them in the date, like, they have a little bit of acute chemistry going on. But then later, like, when, you know, Jeremy Piven just starts really, like, creating this hostile work environment, you're like, this is not cute anymore. And you were speaking early about earlier about how none of the characterizations are very clear. And Anna is very much, like, whatever they wanted her to be was what she was. Like, in some moments, she's a horrible, like, selfish... Um, person who wants to pressure people into having sex with her and like loving her and the others she's like spouting like philosophical ideas which I explicitly told Kate that I was not allowed to talk about the philosophy that she spouts off because I knew I wouldn't shut up about it but yeah and also it's just bullshit stuff because it's like it's okay to lie to people if good things happen and Ben is like sweating. You can see him being like, uh, <laughs> I'm glad you think that. I'm kind of surprised he didn't bring it up later when she found out about him because I thought that was going to be like a, well, well, you said, you know. He didn't have time. She immediately got on a helicopter. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> like, oh, you betrayed me? Bye. She immediately got on a helicopter. You know, that would be kind of a great exit for any conversation. Like, whenever you want to, like, your friends fucked up, you're like, all right, I'm on my helicopter. I'm outie. See ya. Like, another one, she says, um, Something like, if it happens by accident, it was meant to happen. If that was true, then all the times I've hit, like, trash cans with my car would be meant to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's just very strange because, like, she's very selfish and yet philosophical and having all these high-fluting ideas, which would be good if, like, that was what she pretended to be around other people, but in reality she was kind of selfish and mean. But it really is just wildly inconsistent, not like a oh, she's just, you know, dealing with the stress of being the president's daughter or whatever. Like I mentioned before, her whole thing with Ben, like, they had some cute moments. Ben obviously did care for her, and Ben couldn't straight up tell her, like, hey, I'm not going to sleep with you because it's wrong to sleep with somebody that, like, doesn't actually know, 
why you're here. You know, that's like the consent area is gray there. But in that one scene where they're pretending to be newlyweds, like we said, they she like gets in his bed and like rubs all over him and then like goes, oh, I guess I'm just a, a lonely naked virgin going to sleep alone. And you're like, dude, calm down. You are Mandy Moore. It's going to be OK. First of all, also, she's only 18. So it's not really that bad to be a virgin at 18. No, she's only 18. This guy's like 23. And like they explicitly mentioned that he's 23 because he's like the youngest Secret Service agent that they have or something like that. But I'm like, dude's still 23. That's a five-year age difference. And if like you're 18, that's a super big age difference. It's a very strange dynamic between them. Like you can kind of ignore it in some parts because it's cute. Like she puts herself in danger all because this dude wouldn't sleep with her. And you're just like... Wow, like, if the roles were reversed here, like, this movie, it would not have gotten greenlit. This movie would have been like, hey. Like, if this dude, if this, like, young dude, like, abandoned this woman because, like, she wouldn't sleep with him, that'd be so fucked. Yeah. If I had to say why this movie was enjoyable, it'd probably mostly lie on Mark Harmon's shoulders. He's barely in it, though. I know, but, like, every part he is, he just, like, really delivers. Like, in the beginning, after she has that failed date, which is a bad scene, by the way. Like, I know what they're trying to set up, that, like, oh, she can't date and she's frustrated by it, but, like... She can't be normal. Yeah, you could have just done that with, like, a scrapbook montage or something. Like, I don't know. You could have done that with like snapshots from Secret Service agents or whatever. But when she comes back, she like bursts into the president's office and he's like meeting with other like high ranking generals, which is pretty funny. But she like goes into this long rant about like how she had almost gotten to third base or whatever. And once she leaves, when she realizes that, you know, she embarrassed herself, the president turns to the others and go like, which one's third base again? And they all start cross-talking, which was, that was pretty funny. I liked that. The only thing that I could actually like hear that was being said by any of them, because it was just like rhubarb, 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 but the rest of them, the only thing I could like actually like make out out of all of that was like, I think it's uh, under the shirt, but over the bra. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's like second base, if anything. (laughs) But old people, am I right? You know what would be fun is to map out things that we have watched in these terrible movies that we've seen so far as first, second, third, and fourth base. Home Run is definitely going to a black beauty salon as two white Olsen twins (laughs) and getting a free makeover and having a a dog makeover too. I think first base is making an agreement with your lab partner that you will sleep together one day. And having a list of reasons why. Yeah, and having a list of reasons why. That's first base. Third base is getting in a car with a man who used think might be a murderer (laughs) (laughs) second base is getting your head uh, exploded by an icicle (laughs) yeah that second base it's not a great move from first to third like you have to go through some hard moments there (laughs) you gotta you gotta work for it in fact sometimes we disagree you just jump straight to third actually jump straight to fourth you know, just <laughs> come out of a sewer, <laughs> jump straight to fourth. And actually, maybe you should just stay at one if your lab partner is Britney Spears. Well, Britney Spears' lab partner was Justin Long, though. So if, if you're Justin Long, A+. plus. If you're Britney Spears, B-. minus. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Mark Harmon just really, like, he makes a lot of the scenes that he's in, like, because he delivers his lines, so, like, in that Mark Harmon way. However... One thing that annoyed me is Mark Harmon is actually, he was on The West Wing, which is a, I guess it's more of a 90s show than a 2000s show, right? Or is it early 2000s? No, that's a 2000s show. Oh, okay. I'll look it up real fast. I think it's like early, early 2000s. West Wing came out in 
It started in 1999, but it ended in 2006. Yeah. So I'd say it's, it's a 2000 yeah. show. So he, uh, Mark Harmon was in The West Wing, which is an early 2000s show. Started in 1999, ended in 2006. A lot of this movie's plot is directly lifted off The West Wing. I only know this because I started watching The West Wing last year because I didn't really have anything else to do and I thought it'd be fun. There's like this big plot line where, of course, the president's daughter is getting old enough to go on dates and go to college. And she also gets frustrated by always having all this secret service around her and like begs her dad to basically just let her go on a date with just like one or two secret service agents. Like that was lifted from it. That whole idea is basically what's out the West Wing. The daughter in that TV show is played by Elizabeth Moss and she does a good job. And she also goes off to college and stuff like that. So that was similar as well. I thought it was pretty funny too. I guess it's not funny. It was kind of like a what the fuck moment because when she's in the college, when Anna from Chasing Liberty goes off to college, she's like talking to the two agents who are like making out and stuff like that, which is like in the library. Yeah. Making out, like not doing their job, which is why eventually they get like new partners, which was really weird because it wasn't it was like kind of written off as an explanation you know like now they fucking they can't keep track of the president's daughter yeah pretty much she like says offhandedly to them something like here i am at this amazing school and there's not one course on love what bullshit what there is definitely some sort of like gender studies class at that university. Oh, yeah. And there's definitely like some sort of like romantic literature class or like romance and cinema. Like you're not looking hard enough. Sociology bullshit. Yeah. She's, you're a freshman and you don't get to take fun shit. That's what it is. Yeah. You're still in your gen ed. Just wait till you get into junior, senior year. Pick a major, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Anna's major was? Oh, man. Um, probably philosophy so she can keep, you know, uh, giving bullshit excuses to all the shit she does. I want to say it's something even more esoteric. (laughs) Sociology? No, sorry, that's mean. That's not Um, esoteric. (laughs) Library science? No. (laughs) (laughs) I just keep thinking about, like, what's the, like, what's an even more useless degree? And I say this as someone who has an English degree, so don't get mad at me. Sometimes your degrees are not worth it i'm just trying to think of like whatever stupid bullshit anna would like it's probably philosophy you nailed it yeah her only other interest she mentions is the opera and she's not musically inclined like she doesn't sing or anything like that so she's not taking she's mandy moore though she can't sing. oh yeah i mean but in the <laughs> that is true but also i don't think mandy moore's like opera singer no i don't think so though i would pay money to see mandy moore sing in the opera and that's something i have to google oh right now <laughs> mandy moore opera Google's just going to be like, why do you want this? Randy Moore singing opera. It teased me because the Wikipedia thing came up and I it, on Mandy Moore, I was like, oh, wow, she actually was an opera singer? No. This movie had some very strange music choices, I think. Like, I didn't like the opening music. American Girl. Yeah, Kate did. Kate told me she liked it, but I just wasn't a big fan. I had a great time. didn't think it fit the tone. So I felt like this, song, this whole movie would be like, bad song? good song like bad song good song like bad song bad song bad song okay song (laughs) yeah i mean like for as much as like i poked fun at the the love parade thing playing benny benazi that's like a solidly like 2000s i guess would it be techno yeah edm techno house song exactly yeah whatever you classify as it's very solidly 2000s benny benazi is so that was like oh okay that's a good choice there i actually did like 
when they're filming the opera, I, th- I think the song starts before she gets into the opera, but they are doing the opera Turandot, which is, it's a nice opera. I've seen it before. Um, I enjoyed it because I'm a dork, but um, they sing the song Nessun Dorma, which is actually, it's a beautiful song. If you haven't heard it before, you should listen to it because, well, if you like it, I'm not your mom. I'm not going to make you listen to opera. The song lyrics are pretty fitting as well because I guess you could argue that the president's daughter is kind of like a princess, as close as we're going to get, right? The whole song is about basically this guy singing to the princess. It's all about like having like a secret and that no one will know about it, but he'll tell it to the princess and only she will know. So that was kind of like, oh, well, that's like sort of fitting. Ben had to hide his identity from her when he was protecting her and things like that. I thought it was kind of fitting. So I appreciated that. The movie itself, it was enjoyable in like a junk food way. Like, oh, that's cute. That's fun. But like, if you think critically about it, you're just going to get a headache. You know, characters aren't consistent. Some of the things you think will pay off later really don't. Like, I kind of was hoping that maybe like there'd be a real reason why the $6 million man was chosen for the sticker other than like, he was like, oh, I liked it. <laughs> I like the $6 million man, so I'm going to make him to a sticker. Oh, my favorite part is that there's a $6 million man sticker at like her United States University, wherever she's going. And I'm like, there's no fucking way that sticker would have made it all, all the way over from Europe. I hate that. Well, the first lady, Michelle, um, she when she suggests that Anna move to Oxford, Mark Harmon basically says, remember Agent Calder? Ben, he's not an agent anymore. He quit. Maybe he found something he's more passionate about. Just a theory. And it's like, wow, Mark Harmon, you you ship it, don't you? You ship Anna and Ben. You want them to be together. Go get fucked, daughter. That's what he's saying. (laughs) (laughs) Get to third base. Skip second. You don't want to be there. Don't do that head icicle thing. (laughs) (laughs) I know what you crazy kids are up to. I listened to the the newest episodes of Guess What You're Gonna Hate, and they told me all about this this base system. And I'm very, very appalled. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, it's just like not a good movie, like in the slightest. Like there's parts of the movie where you just think, hey, maybe this is gonna be okay. And then it's not. It's not gonna be okay. Because you're watching a 2004 Mandy Moore movie, and not even like the one that's still on cable. Like the one that is never gonna see like free form tv like airing ever again because it's bad lifetime doesn't want it lifetime got first daughter lifetime had the opportunity and they picked the other one (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's first daughter the one with uh katie holmes yes okay yeah i was thinking like that i was kind of watching mandy moore throughout the movie to see if i made the right choice of protagonist and i think i did because i kind of enjoyed some of mandy moore's acting like a lot of the acting in this movie was bad except for mark Harmon in as terrible as the idea of the scene is where she's like getting mad at him for not sleeping with her the like her way of being like frustrated angry like pouty was like pretty convincing so i kind of enjoyed that and i don't think i mean i haven't seen katie holmes anything but judging from like the posters like her general expressions i don't think she would have been as fun to watch yeah i don't know mandy moore is just like a more human person than katie holmes i think And this is coming from someone who's watched literally every episode of Dawson's Creek, except for the last four for some reason. Well, I think we've said pretty much all we can say on Chasing Liberty, and I recommend... (laughs) Not watching it. Not watching it. 
I think if you're going to watch a movie about president's daughter who wants a date, you should watch the 1999 movie that was on Disney Channel called My Date with the President's Daughter. And again, as we've said before, firmly keep your nostalgia goggles fastened and you'll enjoy the movie. Go into everything expecting nothing and you will either be pleasantly surprised or not that disappointed. Chasing Liberty, not terrible. Like, I didn't hate it, which is is nice because, I mean, it was kind of a nice refresher after being so put off by Black Christmas. I'm going to make you watch more horror movies because I had a lot of fun. Yeah, well, making me watch horror movies is going to be the best way for me to get, like, Kate, why did you do this to me? And the best part about horror movies is I actually will not have to watch those with you because I do know the plots of all the Final Destination movies like the back of my hand. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, on that note, um, that was Chasing Liberty. I think if you want to enjoy this movie, I think the only way to enjoy this movie would be to play this at the same time as First Daughter and um, see if anything happens. Try to get them to sync up. Let us know if any demons are summoned because, eh, you know, we like to know what you guys think of our of our episodes or the things we make you do, the things we ask you to do. We always want to hear about what you guys think about the show. You know, leave us reviews, tweet at us, write in our Facebook wall. Like, we want to hear from you guys. And if you have suggestions for movies, always feel free to send it to us somehow and Kate may add it to her Rolodex of torture devices. We might see. And if a lot of people demand one movie, I mean, we might just have to watch it. Who knows? And if you do watch First Daughter and Chase Liberty at the same time and summon Tiffany Trump, please let me know. <laughs> That's just uh, for science reasons. Yeah, we want uh, we want an interview with Tiffany Trump one on one. Just like see how she's doing. Yeah, just uh, say, hey, Tiffany, what's up? Got any classes on love in your college? <laughs> At Georgetown Law? Most definitely. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually just divorce law. (laughs) You can find us on Twitter at Hate Podcast and on Facebook at Guess What You're Gonna Hate. Yeah, we'll see you next time.